You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 108. In today's episode, I'm so excited to interview one of our clients about her blog and her experiences writing a cookbook and redesigning her website. Kate Ramos is the chef behind Hola Jalapeno, a Mexican-inspired food blog. Kate shares her 20 years of professional cooking experience and her love of Mexican food with recipes that will give you brilliant results like homemade chorizo and shredded beef tacos. Hola Jalapeno is for hungry cooks who are looking for their next favorite recipe. In this episode, Kate shares openly about her blogging journey, how she plans her content with SEO and her audience in mind, what it was like writing a cookbook in six months, and what her experience was like redesigning her website with Grace and Vine Studios last fall. I can't wait for you to hear from Kate in today's episode. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, Kate, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Now, we worked together last summer to redesign your website and to rebrand the Ola Jalapeno brand. And so I'm just really excited for you to be able to share your blog story and some of the things that are unique to your site. And I would just love to be able to hear some about your experience of working with us too. So would you just start by introducing yourself and your blog and how you got started? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is really fun to get to chat with you again. My name, like you said, is Kate Ramos. I write a food blog called Hola Jalapeno, where I share Mexican and Mexican-inspired recipes. How I got started? Well, I've been blogging for a really long time. Like I'm like a blog dinosaur. (laughs) I um, actually have been blogging since 2009, and I was just looking at um, when I posted my last new po- new recipe post, I noticed that I have almost 1000 recipes. So I was like, Oh my God, this has been such a journey. Uh, really, I started just as a creative outlet. Um, I was I had gone from working in the food media space, I was a food editor, recipe developer worked in test kitchens, uh, professionally for the last job I had had was at chow.com, which is now chow hound. And then my husband got a job. We were living in San Francisco. My husband got a job um, teaching at this small liberal arts college in North Dakota. And we, I had just had a baby, our first baby. And so we picked everything up and moved from San Francisco to North Dakota. And I really just needed a creative outlet because I, you know, had been working full time, doing what I love, developing recipes and all that stuff to just uh, to to being a stay at home mom, which is also, you know, a full time job, 100 percent. But I really needed something that was just for me. And um had no idea anything. I had not, I knew nothing about blogging. I just knew that, well, this is a platform where I can continue to develop recipes. I can continue to food style. I can continue to do food photography. So I'm just going to do that. And that's really how it started. I had absolutely zero intention of turning it into a business, making money off of it. You know, really, we had no idea how long we were going to be in North Dakota. So I just thought like, oh, okay, I'll do this in the meantime until something else happens. And here we are, you know, what has it been like? Well, 13 years later, 
still doing this work because um, it continues to be challenging and interesting and engaging and I just fall in love with it every year so I just keep going and you know now it is my career it is my business it is how I make money um, a lot of people think food bloggers are you know doing it for some kind of artistic endeavor which some people are and I was 100% in the beginning but it really is a job <laughs> it is a job that you can have and um, it has been really rewarding yeah, I love hearing that. And I did not know that it started in North Dakota. You do not live in North Dakota anymore. So no, no. Now we live in Southern California. Yeah. So we were living in San Francisco. We moved to North Dakota. We ended up living there seven years. Like I said, we didn't know how long that that position was going to last. So um, we ended up living there seven years. I ended up having another baby there. And then my husband got a different job in Santa Barbara. So we moved and we've li been living in Southern California now for like six years. So over the time period of the blog, we've moved and yeah, so it's kind of got a a, a different, um, it doesn't, I don't want to say it has a different feel now that I live in Southern California, but it has a different reason for being. I think when I lived in North Dakota, I really wanted to focus on the Mexican recipes because there was no Mexican food to be had there. And I wanted my children to know what these things were. So if I, that was going to happen, I was going to have to do it myself. We were not near any family or anything like that. So that's kind of the uh, init initially why I focused mainly on Mexican food. But now I focus on it because, well, A, I just absolutely am obsessed with it, but B, you know, still continuing to want to introduce my my children to what these flavors are. But also now I live so close to the Mexican border that I'm constantly surrounded with new inspiration. So um, it's kind of taken a different turn, but still stayed on the same path, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you've seen your brand evolve over the years, but not in the sense where it's like you were doing something totally different back then. And now you're you've completely changed. Like, I think that's kind of unique to your story, because I think a lot of food bloggers have to wrestle with this whole idea of them wanting to produce something that might be a little bit different from their audience, which I'm sure you've experienced to some degree, but you still have kind of that core, like, part of your brand, which is these, you know, Mexican, authentic Mexican and Mexican inspired recipes that are so close to your family's heart too. And I just love that that's been something that stayed true with your brand, even though you were producing them, you know, similar like North Dakota that you would not expect to be inspired daily, you know, to create these Mexican recipes. Yeah, that was a bit more of a challenge. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, what do I, what do I miss eating? You know, what are, what are my hungry for? Or what was my hung, my husband hungry for? You know, he would say like, oh, can we have whatever? And then it was like, oh, okay. And sometimes I had to figure out how to make that. You know, I was not, I did not grow up eating Mexican food. I am not Mexican myself. So that, you know, sometimes he would ask for things that would require a phone call to his mother or, a, you know, a deep dive research into, you know, other, you know, Mexican cooks. I gained a large Mexican cookbook library. Um while we were living there just and and that's, that's also been a really fun part of writing Ola Jalapeno is sometimes I get a lot of help and advice from my readers um, which has also been so fun because I've been able to learn along the way too which is not something that I expected but um, has been such a wonderful experience. 
Yeah. And again, I think that's just a really cool part of your brand too. And I remember when we were designing your site, we had, you know, multiple conversations just around like how to present some of the information because you share a lot about like the ingredients themselves or sometimes like the historical side of a dish and things like that. And so, you know, I love that authenticity that you put into your site. And that's so cool that you have that relationship with your audience too. So you, you kind of have alluded to a couple of these things, but I'm curious what do you think is one of the biggest changes that you've made in how you run your blog now versus how you ran it at the beginning? And maybe talk us through some of those business changes and like, you know, really thinking of the blog like a business over the years. Well, yeah, I mean, I run it 100% differently than I did in the beginning, because it is my job. It is how I make money. It does help us pay the bills. So I have to be a lot more focused and I don't know, um, let's see, like concentrated on making recipes and developing content that my readers really do want to read. And so uh, I've really planned, I mean, I plan everything now, you know, before when I first started, it was like, oh, like I said, my husband would say, oh, can we have pozole for dinner and it was like oh okay I'll make pozole and then I'll take a picture of it and then I'll write the recipe down and then like that's how that's how I did my content creation you know (laughs) and now it's like I make a content calendar months in advance I think about you know how to plan with holidays how to plan with seasons and most importantly really do take the time to do a lot of research into what people want and that is something that I never did before because I need to make things that people actually want to read about because that's how I get paid now, (laughs) you know, and and also I want to provide that content. But um, I really enjoy the more disciplined approach um, because it makes me feel like I have a sense of control over what I'm doing, but also that I am going to produce things that will bring joy and happiness to the readers, which is essentially my end goal. So it's it's a win win all around. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool to hear. Can you share a little bit more about either the sort of that process of creating your content so far out? Because I do think that's a really big key to success in especially like staying on top of things. But I also would love to hear about how you find out what your readers are looking for and, you know, share any information you have about how how you've stayed connected to what they're looking for. Sure. Well, I mean, I've had to teach myself a lot about SEO, which is like the biggest driver of why and how I create content now. I mean, I knew nothing about that when I started blogging and learn the more I learn about SEO, the easier my job gets. So I really encourage anyone who's doing blogging. It doesn't even have to be about food, whatever it is about. If you want people to see it, you need to understand you know, search engine optimization. It's basically everything. <laughs> so I really use, I, ha- I use an SEO tool to um, take a look at what I am missing, basically. So, you know, it has to do with like, your, you know, what your competitors are talking about and that maybe you don't have, or maybe none of you have. So it does, it does make sense for me to invest in those SEO tools that can help you decipher that information a lot easier. There are ways to do it on your own using Google web tools and other things like that. But I do think it's worth the money to pay for a service that can help you kind of decipher because the information is so broad and so wide that to narrow it down would be a full-time job. So mainly when I'm developing content, far out. Like, like I said, I do like three, you know, I'll do like three months at a time. I focus on seasonality 
what, you know, is it winter? Is it spring? Is it summer? What holidays are coming up? And, and then the last part is what I just spoke to, which is what am I missing in my content? What have I not talked about? And, you know, gratefully, Mexican cuisine is so broad and so huge and so sophisticated and varied that there's always something I'm not talking about. And that's really fun for me to, to discover, too, because sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I've never like like the, I'm developing a recipe today for hominy, which is like, um, you know, the dried corn that they that you can make uh, uh, tortillas and like masa based products are made from hominy. But you also can eat it whole like in pozole, this hominy that's in pozole. And I realized I didn't have any any recipes that use hominy except for pozole and it's such a versatile thing and I was like oh that's kind of cool and then it allows me to like really you know dive in and how can I use it in a creative way that's going to be easy for my readers to recreate and but something different enough that will inspire them to use it so I kind of like look at the bigger subject in this case hominy how can I use it in some kind of interesting way and that's basically how I kind of narrow it down to what I'm going to do on a day-to-day basis, you know, day-to-day basis, a few months out. Do you like to then, so if if you know, like, okay, I'm going to cover hominy in the next couple of months, do you then like batch a bunch of recipes that go with that and like publish them all together? Like kind of a, I don't know, just like a, a library of hominy content, or do you like to sprinkle it out, you know, over the next like six months? Yeah, it depends. If I already, like, say there's a larger subject that I do already have recipes for, but I've never combine them in any sort of way that makes any sense which is common for me um so if if I do have a number of recipes that fit in that broader category then I will do more of like a recipe roundup kind of post where I talk about all these different recipes that kind of have a same theme um if it's something that I don't have a lot of content over I'll just create one recipe and maybe revisit it in the next quarter or something like that. Um, if I if I do see, because it, if I haven't created any content over it, even if the SEO tool tells me that people are searching for it, if I make it and nobody is liking it or it doesn't go anywhere, then I'm not going to continue to create content over that thing because maybe my readers don't care about Hominy. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But I'm not going to go ahead and create like 12 recipes over this thing that I kind of haven't tested out. So I do like to test the waters a little bit if it's a new subject. And then go from there. But if I see that it's something that people are are really um, liking and making the recipe and maybe want more of it, then I will do more of like a recipe roundup kind of post. Yeah, that's really cool. I think just some people approach that totally differently. It might be just like how your brain works. So I was just curious, you know, how you've approached that. But speaking of producing a lot of content, you launched a cookbook this fall, which is a ton of work. And this was part of the reason that you wanted to redesign your website and kind of the timing of it. So I would love for you to just tell us about your cookbook and, you know, kind of give us the information about that and then what you learned in that process. Yeah, um, so I'm super excited. I do have my very first cookbook out. It's called Plant Powered Mexican, and it is all um, vegetarian recipes, Mexican-inspired vegetarian recipes. Some of them are authentic Mexican recipes. Some of them are more like SoCal recipes that use Mexican flavors. So there's a good variety in there. My blog is not vegetarian, but we as a family are trying to eat more plant-based meals just simply because it's better for our bodies and better for the environment. So I really wanted to create a cookbook because I think the thing that the question I get asked the most is, you know, I want to eat more plant-based meals, but how do I create 
them that's like a satisfying dinner, you know, so it's not just a salad or something. And I have two kids, you know, and a husband who likes who loves steak. So I totally get that, like making a salad for dinner is not going to cut it every night, maybe once in a while. But um, so I really wanted to create a cookbook that was the recipes are meant to be dinner recipes. They're meant to be satisfying. They're meant to feed a family. And they're meant for families also like mine that are super busy and they just want something reliable and delicious and satisfying that are plant-based, whether you're going to eat that every single night of the week or whether you're just trying to get one plant-based meal in there a week. That's what the book is for. So it's divided up into sections of how you would cook it because they're all meant to be dinner recipes. It's divided into how you would cook it. So it's either the, you know, starts from everything from a no, no cook or a low cook dinners, which are like more summertime fare because there's like cold soups, there's a sandwich, either, you know, a couple sandwiches, stuff like that. And then there's recipes from the grill, from the oven, from the stovetop, and even from the instant pot. And um, so there's lots of variety depending on your cooking skills and how much time you want to invest into everything, but they're meant to be fast family-friendly, you know, weeknight dinner recipes with lots of delicious Mexican flavors. That's awesome. And I, I don't think I realized that it was broken up by kind of like method that way. And I think that's really smart because it's funny because I think people don't realize that your website should be kind of organized in the same sense that like a book or a cookbook would be organized. It's, you know, people naturally categorize things that way. And so to make it really easy for people to jump to a category that they love, I mean, if they don't have an instant pot, they're going to skip that chapter. And, you know, or if it's winter and they don't want to do something like cold, like a cold soup, they're going to skip that. But it helps people to just browse and navigate things easier. So what was maybe one of the top two takeaways from maybe the entire process of creating the cookbook or just, you know, what it's done for your business. We'd love to hear kind of some of those takeaways from you. Well, writing a cookbook was always like a huge goal for me. Um, You know, it was one of those like bucket list things that I always wanted to do. I've always cooked. And ever since I was a little girl, you know, I wanted to write a cookbook. That was such a huge goal of mine. So the fact that I was able to do it and publish it was like, I I would have been totally fine if like zero books sold (laughs) just be just to be able to to have it hold it in my hands and see my name on the front it was it was that was such a huge moment so it's a ton of work though I will say that I took all the photographs for the cookbook as well and did all the food styling everything that you see all those pages are 100% me so that's a lot more work than maybe some people might take on if you just do the recipes and have it photographed but I wanted to do that because I wanted it to to feel like it feels when you go to my blog so people would recognize my photography recognize how I how I plate things, how I style things. I wanted it to really have the same feeling as as when you visit Ola Jalapeno. So I guess I would probably do that again. I don't know. I'm on the fence about if, if you know, God willing, I'm able to do a second cookbook, I may not f- photograph it. It was a lot of work <laughs> because the thing was, I, I finished writing the manuscript and then I had to take all the pictures. So I was like, you think you're done. And then it's like, oh my, I have a whole nother like two months of, I have to make all these recipes all over again and shoot them. So that would, that was one lesson that I just, you know, I'd never done this before. So I'm not sure I would agree to do that again. But I also think that, um, you know, I was, I'm really happy with the final product and 
love that I had that sense of control over the whole process. How long did the entire process take from like when you started to when it was ready? So I only had six months to write the cookbook and I think that's pretty short. I've had other friends tell me that they get a whole year or they've had at least nine months. So I wrote the book all the recipes, tested them and everything in six months. I turned my manuscript in, you know, it took me six months to to do the writing and the recipe development and testing. And then I had another two to three months of taking photographs. Most of my photographs were done in two months. And then there was a month of processing in there where it was like, oh, this is not, you know, can you reshoot this? Can you do blah, blah, blah. So I guess total, it was like a nine month process. Yeah, that's a long time. And it's a like you said, it's a lot of work. And I think even just having well, hopefully you had at least help with like dishes and cleanup and things like that at the house. Because no, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own a dishwasher. So oh my goodness. You know. Yeah, but that, that is okay. Definitely. I'm not complaining. I'm so I feel so blessed to have that opportunity. So yeah, and I, I just think it I really, even though, like you said, it was a lot of work, I do think that that authenticity, again, like this just becomes like another, it needs to be like another one of your brand keywords or something. But, you know, having people experience your brand, maybe for the first time when they're reading your cookbook, and then being able to go to the website and see like, oh, yeah, these photos match. And like, this feels like her brand. I think there is something really special about that. And I think it, it probably makes the hard work worth it. Definitely. And I think, you know, what really makes it worth it is that people are loving the cookbook. So, you know, that in and of itself is totally worth it. It's so fun to hear people, you know, like, oh, I tried this recipe and I tried this recipe and I did this differently. And like hearing people make the recipes kind of their own is something else that I really love and just getting people's feedback. So it's been really fun. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I would love to talk a little bit about your experience of working on your website. And, you know, this is, it's so fun for people to be able to hear firsthand from our clients and just what it's like, because there's a lot of, it's a big undertaking also to redesign your website. And there's, I'm sure I've never been on the other side of this, but just from experiencing conversations with our clients, there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know how the process is going to work exactly, what the results are going to be and things like that. And so it's fun to be able to share with our you know, people who might be thinking about redesigning their website in the near future, what it's really like. So I was actually looking back at one of the documents that you had to fill out before we started, which is your branding questionnaire. And all of our clients fill these out. And at the very top, it asks what some of the reasons are that you're wanting to redesign your website. And I will say every single client is a little bit different. And like I mentioned earlier, one of the things that was kind of timely for you was this cookbook launch. And that was something we really implemented into the site. But I would love to read a couple of the other things that you said you wanted to accomplish during this redesign. So first, you said that you wanted to more easily monetize your site. You wanted to be able to have more ad placements throughout and also to add a shop to be able to sell the cookbook and other affiliate products and things like that. Then you said you wanted to make um, the content more accessible to your readers on the homepage, being able to add more categories and um, make that easily adaptable to the seasons and different situations. And then you wanted to make the website overall more image heavy instead of text heavy. And then lastly, you wanted to add more of your personality and have it look and feel uniquely Ola Jalapeno, not cookie cutter. So I would love to hear, what do you think? I mean, it's been a while probably since you've read those goals. Do you think that you accomplished those goals through the redesign process? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it has been so fun for me 
like I said, I have almost a thousand recipes. And before we did the redesign, I was feeling like nobody's ever going to see any of these because there was no way to really access easily access all the content that was there. And so working with you to um, put new categories that were available on the um, homepage has been great. And it's the way you designed it was so easy. It's so easy for me to go in there and change it. Like I change it once a month now. And it's really fun because it's like there's so many more options for showing people all that I have to offer. Um, And that's been the best change. You did create the shop for me, which was great. I um, have not utilized that yet, I'll admit, but that's my fault because I haven't had really a lot of time to do it. But I am excited to dive into that. And um, I've been working on a few ebooks now too. So I'm excited to put those up. And I love that I have a place for those to go. And I, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, a site redesign is very nerve wracking because. A, I, I mean, I will, I'll speak for most all food bloggers that I know. We're not, you know, we're not software engineers. We're not web developers. We cook. We're cooks. I, you know, I always get really intimidated, like, oh my God, what if they do something and I have no idea how to, how to use it on a daily basis. And I'm going to have to relearn this whole new thing. And, you know, my anxiety just like starts spinning out of control because I feel like I don't know that much about that side of the business. I mean, I know a lot more now than I did, you know, when I started, but still it's like, that's not my forte at all. And I, I can think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. So, you know, it can be very nerve wracking to, to think like, okay, I'm handing over my business to this person and I hope that I'll be able to take it back when they're done with it and still, <laughs> and still use it. But, um, you know, working with you has been such a breeze and, um, I really loved how, you know, you, like, like I said before, I really love being like very um, disciplined and organized. And I felt like working with you was very organized and like the way that you broke it down into smaller steps. So felt more manageable instead of like, okay, you have thousands of pages, we're gonna like redo tomorrow, and I hope you can handle it, you know. So I really enjoyed that part of working with your team is like, I felt like, okay, I can do this. Like, (laughs) it's not going to be way over my head. Um, I felt like you were really good at explaining things if I did have issues. So yeah, I appreciate all that about about the redesign process because it, it is I, I do think it's very nerve I was just speaking with someone yesterday who is considering redesigning her blog and she's like oh god I don't know if I want to do it like a change is hard you know especially when it's like something that you do on you know it's your day-to-day business is working on this one site and then thinking like you're not going to know how to do it anymore is um it can be nerve-wracking yeah absolutely and it's you know it's funny because we are doing this process with our clients much more often. Obviously, I think you had said it might have been six years before it was the last yeah, time. Yeah, it had been like six years. Yeah, so I mean, you're only going through this process, hopefully, you know, every maybe six to 10 years, just depending. And, you know, hopefully at this point, it will be more just updating things, not a complete overhaul like it was the last time. But, you know, for us, we're going through this process a lot more often because we're working with so many clients. But for you, it's, yeah, it's a totally foreign experience. And so it's really important to us that it feels, we know it's overwhelming. We know it's a huge project, but that it we can make it as manageable as possible and break it down, like you said, into phases and kind of have it naturally progress. So it, I'm just so happy to hear that everything has been good. And it's actually fun. Every time I go to your site, I notice that you've changed the homepage and you've like, I noticed there was, I think, Super Bowl recipes or Valentine's Day recipes, one of the two when I was on there the other day. And so it's fun to know that 
you know, you're taking advantage of like those training videos that we send and like you're able to make those changes on your own because that's just so important for you to be able to do. Yeah. And it's been, it's been fun too, to see when I look at my analytics that readers are using those category pages too. You know, like I can see that there's clicks to those, to those pages and that they're scrolling through and there's, you know, there's clicks to page two and page three and it's like, okay, they're getting it. Yay. (laughs) You know, I think it took a little time for my readers to like figure out what to do. And that's always a challenge too, I think. And that's another area of nervousness with doing a redesign. It's like, okay, I'm going to change this thing. And then people are going to be like, what, what happened? I don't know what this is. And then just go away. And because there's not really an opportunity for you to sit down with your reader and be like, okay, then you click here and then it leads to here, you know, so you just have to hope that they're going to figure it out. And I love the design that you created because I feel like it's very self-explanatory. It's very natural. My readers are definitely getting it. You know, every week I see more and more of those category pages popping up in like, you know, the first 25 hits or, you know, my top 25 links or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. So they're, and, and people are spending a lot more time on the site, which has been awesome. So Yeah, that's so awesome to hear because I remember your category pages before. I don't think that they were very well optimized for SEO. There wasn't a lot of, I mean, there was content on there, but not really. And actually, if I remember correctly, I think you had to go in and update those pages manually when you had new content. So hopefully that has been you know, taking that off your plate has hopefully been a really good experience. But yeah, I love hearing that those pages are showing up. You know, I know we did just a lot of work to make sure that all of that content, like you said, was getting seen by your readers. Because for a lot of people that we work with, they have, you know, 500 to 1000 posts or more. And so it's when you have that kind of a back catalog, it really takes some, some strategy to be able to make sure that you can make them seen. And I love that you're taking advantage of that. So You've kind of talked a little bit about analytics, and I would love to ask this question because I think for a lot of people, part of the nerve-wracking, you know, thought process of redesigning is what is going to happen after? Am I going to, is my traffic going to tank? You know, is my site speed going to be horrible? So I would love to just give you the floor. Did you experience anything like that? I mean, you said you've seen some positive things in analytics, but, you know, did you have anything crazy like that happen? And if so, did you recover? (laughs) Besides that minor heart attack that I had after like hour six of day one, then it was totally fine. And, uh, you know, my, you know, my numbers are continue, continues to grow day, you know, week over week, month over month. I think a lot of that has to do with the site redesign. You know, I have had no problems with site speed, you know, everything has been, and I, and I think I just really owe most of that up to it being so much easier to navigate the site, so much easier to for people to browse and and kind of look through what's available and to find more stuff. And like I said, spend more time on the site, just kind of going through it. So, you know, I've seen nothing but increase in page views and, and overall ad sales and ad revenues gone up. Everything's been awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear. And of course, it's a compound effect. It's not, you know, I don't I don't think you or I think that just the redesign caused all of that to happen. But it's like you said, it's a compound effect of, you know, probably Google is seeing that people are spending more time on your site that they're able to click through. I mean, Google's able able to crawl your site better. Right. I mean, I think that's a huge difference is that it's so much easier for Google to read the information. Like that's a that's the big thing. And I also truly believe that when you invest in yourself and invest in your business, you see results. I mean, I hopefully, ideally, but I think like you do the work and, and then it shows. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's the overall effect. 
Yeah, I'm so happy to hear all of that. And is there anything else that, you know, maybe you gained from either the experience of going through this process or like the results that you've received at the end that you want to share? You know, I, I do know that it's an, an investment. It's a lot of money, you know, I, I'll be honest. And a lot of people don't know if it's worth it. So, but I would say that if it is within your capacity, it's worth the investment if you need, you know, if, if you need updated, if your site is lagging, if people aren't, if you're not seeing any results, you know, if you're putting up content that, you know, you think is going to do great and nothing happens, it may be worth a, you know, a look into doing a redesign because I think that's the biggest question I think a lot of people have is like, oh my gosh, it costs so much, you know, is it going to be worth it? And I would say without a doubt, it was worth it. Awesome. I love hearing that. Well, I would love for you to be able to share where people can follow along, where they can, uh, obviously they can get your cookbook by following the links on your website, but just kind of share all the places. And I know that people would love to connect with you and just follow along with your journey. Yeah, awesome. So my site, is, again, is olajalapeno.com. My cookbook is called Plant Powered Mexican. You can get it wherever books are sold. There's a link to, Am you know, there's an Amazon link on my site, but any bookstore should have it. If they don't, you need to ask them what is wrong with them and order it. And I, you can find me on Instagram at olajalapeno and on Pinterest at olajalapeno. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kate. It was just so exciting to catch up and hear like what has happened in the last, I guess, almost nine months now since your redesign launched and just to hear what's going on in your business. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. I loved getting to hear about Kate's blogging journey and what has changed for her since she started her blog back in 2009. Kate shared about how nerve-wracking the idea of redesigning her website was before she went through the process, but how worth it the results were. If you're ready to redesign your food blog this year, I would love to chat with you. You can head to the link in the show notes to apply and we will schedule a call to chat through what you are needing. As always, you can also visit the website graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to learn more about our different packages and see which one is the best fit for you. Until next week, friends. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.